everyone. Welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast. I am so excited for this episode because I think this could really be a game changer for a lot of you. Um, Today we are talking about conflict and reasons why we should come to love, if not at least appreciate conflict. And I think the reason why why I think this might be a game changer is because I know a lot of people, not just women, I know a lot of people that say they avoid conflict at all costs. As if conflict is a bad thing. And I think in our society, when we say conflict, we imagine fighting. And fighting has no winners. You know, fighting is violent, whether or not it gets physical, the idea of fighting It's just violent. It's usually dualistic. There's you and me and we're facing off and there's a winner and there's a loser and like somebody's trying to overpower somebody. But that's not what conflict is. That's fighting. Conflict is just misalignment. It's an opportunity for greater clarity, greater cohesiveness, greater teamwork. Conflict is an opportunity It's not about overpowering somebody. It's about coming together to get greater clarity, greater alignment. And it is more truthful than avoidance. So it's also a more honest expression of the human experience than avoiding conflict. Okay, so today I'm going to share with you three reasons why we should love and appreciate conflict. I'm going to give you some examples of how that's going to play out and then get ready because next week I'm going to be giving you some hardcore tips on how to be good at conflict. But I don't think you're ready for that because you're probably not fully bought in that this is something you want to engage in. So let me see if I can convince you that conflict is worth it. Okay, first reason why I really kind of love conflict and by love it, let me be clear, I don't enjoy it, but I do love it. First reason is It provides a socially acceptable opportunity to share your discontent. So before a conflict has happened, we can often feel that we don't want to disturb the peace. We don't want to upset the status quo. We don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers. But once a conflict has been initiated, it's out on the table. It's like the the gloves can come off in a funny way, um, not to make a, a violent metaphor, but it's it becomes safer to acknowledge whatever has been bugging you. Whereas before a conflict has been initiated, we tend to either sweep things under the rug or complain to our friends. And there's no healthy outlet. There's no healthy resolution. So it provides a socially acceptable opportunity to share your discontent, the truth of your experience. Okay, second reason why you gotta love conflict. It is a great opportunity for growth. I mean, if you want to grow as a person, conflict is a good place. Oh, it's a good place to put yourself. Just think about this. Are you are you going to hear out the other person's perspective without taking them too personally? Are you going to manage your emotions well? Are you going to call out behaviors rather than names? 
Are you going to look into systems and processes as much or more as you look into the other person or people as being the culprit of your discontent? All of these questions of how are you going to direct your attention and your behavior, your thoughts, those are valuable skills that are refined and practiced during conflict. You can practice those skills at any time, but they get, you know, amplified during conflict. My third reason for loving conflict, it creates an opportunity for better things. At minimum, it's an opportunity for increased satisfaction and effectiveness. So think, you know, processes and systems. At best, it creates opportunity for more love and intimacy. And then it always creates an opportunity for some sort of resolution. And you notice I'm saying opportunity. Engaging in conflict does not guarantee a positive outcome. It does not guarantee a resolution, but it creates an opportunity. Avoiding conflict ensures that there will be no resolution, ensures that there won't be greater satisfaction, greater love and intimacy. So by engaging in the conflict, at least you create the space for the possibility. So those are my reasons to love conflict. It provides you a socially acceptable way to voice your discontent, to own your truth, to share. It's a great opportunity for your personal growth to focus on how you are treating yourself and others, where you're putting your attention, and it creates an opportunity for resolution, for effectiveness, for intimacy, for love. Aren't those really good reasons? Okay, now we're going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to give you some examples. And we're going to start with what I would call the, quote, worst case scenarios. And that is just meaning the conflict is really a process thing. It's a system thing. This is like, as far as conflict go, the least inspiring, least dramatic form of conflict. And conflict at work in particular comes down to systems and processes. Uh, and this was interesting. When I was in grad school, the director of the program, um, Dr. Harlow Cohen, told us that he learned long ago that if an OD consultant, organizational development, if an OD consultant was called to an organization for, quote, conflict resolution, 99% of the time, it was a process issue. Which makes sense if you're thinking about it from an OD perspective. Like, by the time something gets to the place where they need outside help, that's a pretty serious issue. And most people are motivated to get along with one another at work. So they'll they'll find a way to get along or to cope. So if an OD person is having to get involved, then that means these two humans or multiple humans were not able to find a way and to cope. So something else must be going on. It's a process issue. And when we sort out the what and the why behind that process, it's often easy to correct. Um, or simple. It's not it it's not as messy as we would like to make it out to be, is what I'll say when it comes when we're talking about processes and systems. So an example. Perhaps the reason that I'm upset with someone is because 
they never reload the paper, the paper, <laughs> excuse me, the paper into the copier machine at work. Whenever it runs out, they always leave it empty. And during our conflict, I learned the why. They were told to always leave it empty. They were told, put in the paper that you need, and then when you're done, make sure it's empty. Thereby, so that the people behind them could make sure that they were picking out their own paper instead of going by default, preventing paper waste. So now I know that that person was doing what they were told. And what they were told was something different than what I was told. And they weren't being lazy and disrespectful. They were following instructions and they just happened to get different instructions than I do. So because I was willing to engage in the conflict and ask, why the heck aren't you filling up the copier machine when you're done with it? I've created this opportunity for clarity. And now this person and I, we've cleared up this misconception. We can go to the whole workplace and say, okay, what are our standards for refilling the copier paper? Do we want to empty it out every time? Do we want to always refill it? Is this going to be the known default paper or should we not have a default and do a case-by-case basis? It, it created this whole opportunity to look at our systems and processes and create cohesiveness across the organization. And I know that seems like a silly example. I know that it does. But trust me, so much of the conflict that we experience ultimately comes down to communication. And this was true. This is true across organizations. When I was a resident advisor in college and there'd be conflict between roommates, this was true. It ultimately comes down to communication. So by engaging in conflict, we are creating an opportunity for further communication. We are all on the same team. We're all on the same team. Every human on the planet wants to have their needs met. Every human on the planet wants other people to have their needs met. That's a positive assumption, but I'm going to go with it. We're all on the same team. It's not a fight. It's not you versus me. It's we want to come together and figure out how to do this better. That's what conflict is. And when you can sort that stuff out, it's often easy to correct. But you can't fix it if you don't acknowledge it. You could walk around for months always complaining about the guy that doesn't put the paper in the copier machine because that feels better than engaging in conflict. So I'm going to keep going and hopefully you're going to learn to love conflict with me. Okay, let's talk about a better scenario for conflict. And by better, I mean more rewarding you know, because work and copy paper doesn't seem that rewarding. Let's talk about relationships. When you share vulnerably, what is bothering you and why? This means that you're sharing your thoughts and your feelings. You're creating an opportunity for others to love you exactly where you're at, not where you're pretending to be. Because we all, we all want to be loved for exactly who we are. And when we enter conflict at a subconscious level, we're putting ourselves into harm's way a little bit. We're risking abandonment and rejection, which is why people don't want to have conflict. They don't want the abandonment. They don't want the rejection. They don't want the quote fight. But when we do engage in conflict, we are making ourselves vulnerable 
in a way that creates opportunity for others to sort of enter the arena with us and sort of say, okay, I know you don't feel safe and I know I don't feel safe, but we're going to come into this arena together and we are going to do it safely. We're going to respect each other and we're going to figure this out. So here's a husband, a husband. Here's an example. If I look at my husband and say, you know, I'm upset because you did X, Y, Z, and I assume you did it because of ABC reason. Then my husband turns around and says, that is fascinating. I did do X, Y, Z, but I, I didn't know I was doing it or I did it for DEF reason. And I swear, guys, this is a like 99.9% of the conflict between me and my husband is like, I'm upset because you did this. And here's why I think you did it. And him going, I did do that, but that's not why I did it. <laughs> okay. So when we have that in conversation, that conversation, he's getting to know me and my brain's patterning better. He's getting to know me better because I'm saying, here's what I'm thinking about this thing that you did. And he's getting the opportunity to comfort me and reassure my brain that whatever nonsense I made up is completely false. And he's getting to share his thoughts and feelings about XYZ behavior and DEF reason. So I'm getting to know him and his motivations and his brain better. None of this would have happened if I hadn't embraced and engaged with the conflict. So we started with me being upset about XYZ for whatever reasons my brain decided. Now we've come to know each other better. We've been vulnerable with one another, and we may have come to an agreement about how to move forward differently. And even if we didn't decide to move forward differently, if we just decided, all right, you're going to do XYZ. I don't like it, but okay. We're still feeling closer because we've shared our thoughts and our motivations around this behavior. So even if there's not this lovely resolution tied up with a bow, we have increased intimacy and increased trust because we've proven to one another, I can share with you, you're safe to share with me. We don't have to agree for things to be safe. Okay. Relationships. Having someone be upset with you and being willing to listen with curiosity and being willing to respond with compassion, that is one of the greatest acts of love that there is. There's no blame. There's no defense. There's no ego when you're just open and willing to accept. Okay, you're upset with me because I did X, Y, Z. I hear you. I'm welcoming that upsetness into my body. I'm not resisting it. I'm allowing you to be upset. That, it, that's some spiritual mastery right there. Like that is, that is such an act of love just to allow somebody to have their anger with you and to not be defensive. That's such an act of love. And you can't give somebody that opportunity if you don't allow them to have the conflict. And yes, we don't live in spiritual mastery all the time. But conflict is a great place to rise to the occasion. It's such a great place to rise to the occasion. Okay, we're sort of nearing the end of this episode because I have a lot more to tell you next week, but I want to talk about spiritual, emotional, physical resolution. And we have to, we have to acknowledge that conflict is often messy. It's not straightforward. It's almost always uncomfortable as all get out. And 
for many of the quote big issues, we don't resolve things in one conversation. It it is an ongoing process. But you know, hang in there through the mess. Remember that we're all on the same team. And there will be some things that maybe you have conflict on your entire life. You may have family members that believe believe in small government, you believe in big government, and every time you talk politics, you're going to disagree about things. But that doesn't mean that you're fighting. It means that you're not in alignment. But you're on the same team. You both want your family to be well. You want your needs to be met. You want everyone to feel safe. So it's okay to have ongoing conflict, and it's okay that it is uncomfortable. When there is no clear answer, there's no one right way, that's when we're most likely to ask spirit to intervene and provide clarity, which is another gift in and of itself of conflict that we would ask God, spirit, use whatever term you want, that we would ask for further support. We should be asking all the time. Most of us don't ask enough. And so when we get to a place of, all right, God, I don't know how to get out of this. Like, I don't see the way forward here. We, we just can't seem to agree. You got to step in and help me. We've invited spirit into our life and we weren't, in do, we weren't doing that before the conflict. So that's another really good reason to love conflict, you guys. There's so much beauty in this process. It's messy, but it's, it's great. Okay, when we do come to a resolution, even if the resolution is a break or a loss of some sort, when we come to a resolution, we create peace. And peace is another form of love. And I'm not saying this is easy, like a a conflict may end in a breakup or a loss of friendship, right? It could be the end of a relationship. I'm not saying that that's easy, that there won't be grief, there won't be maybe resentment, all these emotions that you have to go through, but eventually there will be peace. Whereas if you don't engage in the conflict, if you avoid it, you sweep it under the rug, that's not peace. That's just avoiding the truth. That's pretending. Going through the conflict and coming out the other side will bring you peace, even if it brings heartbreak first. And that's worth it. It's worth going through the conflict to get to the peaceful resolution rather than pretending that things are hunky-dory. And most of the time, conflict does not lead to endings. It leads to changes or to new beginnings. Not every conflict is going to end a relationship. Most won't. Not every conflict is going to end in someone losing their job. Conflict usually leads to increased intimacy or better systems. And even at work, your ability to engage in conflict vulnerably shows bravery and it sets an example. It sets the example of I'm willing to go through this process because I believe in our ability to improve things. It's a leadership trait. Being willing to go through the process of conflict in order to make things better shows you are a person dedicated to the highest good for you, for others, for the clients, for the organization at large. It shows You have the resilience and the vision to go through the process 
to get to better things. It makes you a responsible steward of whoever and whatever it is that you are responsible for. It's leadership. Conflict is a growth opportunity for you, for your relationships, for systems, for others. Don't miss out on the opportunity. Can you see why we should be engaging in conflict more often? Can you see like the the diamond beneath all the rough? Can you see it? It's going to provide you an opportunity to share your discontent. It's going to provide you an opportunity to grow, to be the person you dream of being, to respect other people's emotions, to hold space for them. It's going to provide you an opportunity to show people that you are a mature adult, that you can call out behaviors rather than names, that you're open to systems and processes being the issue rather than the other person being the issue. And it gives you the opportunity for increased intimacy, whether that is in your loving relationships, your familial relationships, your work relationships. It's a bonding opportunity. Okay. I'm so excited. I hope some of you out there are going to be converted. You're at least going to be bought in enough that next week when I give you some ways of how to do conflict well, that you're going to be willing to try them out. Because I know so many of you out there just like, I just avoid conflict. It's just too hard. It's not too hard. You can do this. You can do this. I'm going to give you some tips. We're going to learn together. You can do this. And I promise you it is worth it. It's worth not pretending. You can do it safely. It is not fighting. We don't live in a dualistic world. Imagine that conflict is you walking side by side by somebody. It's not facing off and overpowering. It's walking side by side on an uncomfortable path together. And it's me in the background cheering you on. All right, loves, I hope this was helpful. I can't wait to talk to you next week. I will be giving you some tips on how to be good at conflict. Have a wonderful week. Bye.